Thanks for tuning in to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast, where we talk about your body, how it moves, and empowering you with the knowledge to manage and treat your pain or discomfort. You will also get an exclusive behind-the-scenes look at a successful private practice. You have the questions, and we have the answers. Now let's get moving. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Direct Access to Oxford Physical Therapy podcast. I'm your host, Matt. And your co-host, Allie. Thanks for joining us. It's, June. It's This is Can where I start it? getting scared. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's going by so fast. And I don't know uh, where everyone's listening at today, but here in lovely northern Kentucky, I think it is officially the start of summer it a couple is. of days ago. People might be on the coast of like Italy. But the weather is not uh, oh, aware. Today. It's a little gloomy and <laughs> cloudy here and cool. That so. is true. Summer weather is not here, but that won't keep us down. And it'll keep moving no matter what. <laughs> That's right. The calendar keeps ticking. So we're talking about our June Clinical Corner article today. And um, we always throw the question out right. to our students. Welcome to our student Pens listeners. at the ready. Hope you guys are having a great summer. Maybe many of you are on oh, clinicals or true. preparing for fall. So Hopefully you passed your test <laughs> yeah yeah hopefully the school year went well and if not here's our question <laughs> that's right if not pay pay more attention yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um the there was uh i guess the question would be is it detrimental to range of motion after knee replacement to work on strength early on so after knee replacement is it beneficial to someone to work on their range of motion sooner than later? No. Does no. working on strength sooner oh. than later impact their range of motion impact negatively? The of, there I go. See? Too yeah. many words. <laughs> so think about that while we talk, and we'll have the answer in the episode here. All right. So, um, you know, one of our favorite topics, lots of people getting knee replacements, and so there's lots of, uh, you know, things being looked at as far as how can we make knee replacement rehab better, smoother, more streamlined, you know, that, that sort of thing. Uh, so this article uh, is titled Total Knee Arthroplasty Assessments Should Include Strength and Performance-Based Functional Test to Complete Range of Motion and Patient-Reported Outcome Measures. Is that our, is that our answer? <laughs> that's, that's a long title, I right. think. They could they, have concisely wrote that, right? Yeah, maybe. Uh, maybe. I don't <laughs> know. But anyway, it's not the super jazziest title in the world, but this article is actually very, very good with a lot of good nuggets of information in there. This so, looks different than our normal articles. Is this from somewhere else? Uh, it is from a different article. So it's from the APTA, the uh, uh, journal that they have, the Physical Therapy and Rehabilitation Journal. Oh. Um, this was published in 2022 um, in their episode 102. So... Uh, back in March of 22. Nice. So, and doesn't make it less than what we usually get our JOSPT. Yeah, back. no, just a different journal. Um, I just like to mix it up a little bit and came across this article and looked like it had some nice beneficial things yeah. um, to share with our therapist and kind of the community out there. Right. So um, basically this article is looking at what um, outcome measures, like the things that we look at to say, okay, a patient is doing well or has had a good outcome from their knee replacement. So this is after therapy? Yeah, during therapy, as far as like, are they progressing? Okay. And then are they, you know, have they met the goals and are they ready for discharge type of okay. thing? Um, you know, just looking at the different criteria that we as therapists measure. Um, so there's different objective things. So uh, for our patient listeners out there, you've probably talked to a lot of other 
um, you know, a lot of other uh, patients or friends that have maybe had a knee replacement. Maybe you're thinking Hitting. about having one and Getting you, recommendations from yeah, their friends. Yeah, and they all tell you how great Oxford Physical Therapy is. Right, right, and, right, right, right. You know, so you might be thinking, um, you know, about the rehab and the therapy, and you might have heard people talk about range of motion or bending your knee yeah. or different numbers. They'll be like, oh, I got to 90, or, you know, I like, have to get to 100. Mean? So those are just different measurements that we use to measure the angle of flexion, the bending and then the straightening of your knee is extension. So we talk about getting to zero. Oh, you know, zero like is perfectly flat. Line. Okay. Yeah, exactly. So uh, typically after knee replacement, uh, your minimum gold standards would be like zero on straightening and 120 on bending or flexion. That sounds like you're, you'd be bending backwards. No, it's uh, actually, you know, most folks like... Um, young, healthy, active people like yourself, Allie, can probably <laughs> bend their knee to like Hopefully. 135 degrees Dang. or so. Yeah, so. And that's good? Females can. Yeah, it's good. It's normal. It's just normal motion. Okay. So. And how do you measure that? Uh, we use a fancy tool called a goniometer. Didn't we have like a gold trophy that was made out of a We did. We had the golden goniometer because we were having a contest at one point. So I think the clinic <laughs> that won it? that, uh, yeah. it's still in the chancellor office. Nice. So. Uh, if you're listening and you just want to stop by and see the golden goniometer, <laughs> it's still on display. Just stop by Chancellor, say hi to Dave and Jamie and Katie and Sarah and Kelsey yeah. and Julia and see Shout the out. Whoa. golden you just goniometer. That off. So, we anyway. should have like a uh, scavenger hunt. Who has the golden goniometer? Oh, that would be fun. Yeah. Put it up on Facebook and all the patients can put yeah. in their so, polls. So if you guys want to do a scavenger hunt for the golden <laughs> goniometer, send us a message and we'll we'll get that going. That's funny. So anyway, back to our topic. Okay. Back to work, Allie. Fine. Back to work. Summertime. We got to work. <laughs> um, so this article was looking at basically the criteria um, of rehab uh, in terms of progression and how do we measure how people are doing. And so basically we should be looking at more than just range of motion. Um, that's a little bit of an antiquated or an older way to look at that. So um, there are function like performance-based tests that we use. And uh, some of those tests our, our clinician, our PTs and students might recognize like a 30-second sit to stand or what they call a tug, a timed up and go, Whoa. or there's different walk tests, like four-meter walk tests or different things is like that. Does this also include something like the Y-balance test that we've talked about in the past? Y-balance is a functional test. It's typically not one that we would use with the total knee population oh. um, just because that might be a little difficult. They wouldn't probably perform very well on that. It wouldn't accurately <laughs> measure, you know, like things that they're functionally doing as much. Um, but... This, this whole kind of perception of like outcome variables should probably include range of motion. It's not that we shouldn't measure range of motion, but we need to be measuring this, this function and also, you know, perceived pain. So uh, sometimes I think we get caught up in looking at just range of motion and just pain uh, or patient perceived function, you know, like different surveys that the patient may fill out. Um, and this came to question in this article because they were actually looking at like an exclusive home program or like an exclusive telemedicine program. And they were saying, oh, well, it can do just as good of a job as traditional rehab. Hmm. But when you dig a little bit deeper, um, you know, maybe it does an okay job getting range of motion. But the part that they're missing is that function. And that needs to be evaluated and measured by a physical therapist. And 
patients are at a loss or patients are getting a disservice if they're not getting formal physical therapy because they're finding that they're not meeting the same criteria on those functional measures and those functional tests. So it's just not just based on, does it feel good? Can you bend it? Or if it hurts, stop using it. Correct. Like the outcome, you know, criteria used to be just like you said, Hey, how's your pain? Oh, my pain's good. Hey, can you bend your knee? Yeah, I can bend my knee. Let's measure it. (laughs) Then you're good. Right. Well, we're learning that quadriceps strength and function is actually probably more important and a more important predictor of how people do long term. So when you start looking at like three months, six months, a year down the road, a weakness in quadriceps strength can actually um, impact that individual more than, you know, a little bit of pain or a little bit of loss of motion or they can have great range of motion and great great pain levels but still not do well because they don't have good strength and some of those other functional tests aren't very good. Interesting. That seems like it's going deeper because like when you're recovering, you don't know how exactly you're going to use it in a moment, like a split second moment. You're just babying it kind of and then you'll get stuck. Well, that's right. And that's one of the things that the article wanted to point out is early evaluation of these measures. So, you know, right out of the gate, we should be looking at how uh, patients are doing with these functional measures. And then as we do our reevaluations and, you know, subsequent check-ins, we should be testing these and retesting these and, you know, involving the patient in that process. So, yeah, it's great if you're if you know, hey, I got to 90 degrees, <laughs> but how many times did you do sit to stand in 30 seconds? Okay. Right? Not yeah. everybody's really in tune with that measure, but that should be just as important or actually the article would would tell you more important than how far you can bend your knee. Right. So, uh, we want to start to kind of shift that tide or at least include this as an important measure that we're doing with patients and get them bought in like, hey, okay, you did 10 sit-to-stands last time. Okay. This time you did 12. That's better. That means you're getting stronger. You're getting faster at it. Do you check in every appointment or is this like after three appointments? Yeah. So typically we're doing weekly to bi-weekly, you know, uh, formal reevaluations. We may objectively measure something or objectively look at something every day. And that just gets included in like our normal documentation. But we'll do a more formal, longer write-up of what we call reevaluation or progress report. Typically every, you know, two weeks, every, you know, eight to ten visits, give or take. I would love to see one that was like at zero and went all the way. Is that normal? It's pretty cool. I mean, yeah. you have people that come in early on, you know, the the most gains are going to be right early on. It's like anything. If you start, you know, you start a diet today and the first month you lose 10 pounds and then it takes you, you know, six months to lose one pound. It's, it's just well, like, you know, it can be a little bit harder as you go. You're going to get a lot of progress early on. Um, but the other, to, to the point of the question um, that I posed to the students is, there used to be that thought process that, oh, we're working on, like, rehab was more broken into phases. Um, so phase one was range of motion, pain control. Phase two was strength. And then phase three was kind of that putting them both together for function. Hmm. If you think about that after knee replacement, that's kind of, that's back in, you know, the early days when... <laughs> Ken and Pete learned about it on stone tablets. No, I'm just kidding. Um, that's that's how it was taught. But now <laughs> it's a, it. now it's a little bit different. And what the article is saying is that there's no need to wait to work on quadriceps strength. Hmm. 
um, you can actually improve the outcome and you can get patients doing better faster by working on strength right away, day one. So right out of the gate, working on strength, working on these functional movements and measuring that with our functional test is going to provide a better outcome. And doing that fully encompassed total plan is going to be much better than like a home program or um, tele-rehab only or a video-based instruction. Any of those other non-traditional rehab methods are going to fall short when it comes to really evaluating function and introducing the patient to the things they need to work on. Is that something that you know, hospitals or surgeons give a patient is video instruction or like well, paper instruction? I mean, it's like anything, you know, they're always looking at how can we, how can we trim, you know, down the process. And so I think that that's one thing that's been evaluated. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, it's better is, than nothing. Well, and, you know, can it be a substitute? And I think, you know, basically do it. this would show, well, even if they do it, it would show that, you know, maybe it's not still going to be an equal outcome. So Yeah. Do you think... Harping back to one of our past uh, episodes and articles that we went over with fear avoidance, do you think that might be something? Yeah, I think that's part starting of starting strength. Strengthening well, I think that that's part of what the education process needs to be, and that's why I think um, you know being being with a therapist in person mm-hmm. allows you to pick up on those patients that maybe do have some of that fear, and ways you can work them through it. Um, some of the things we do at Oxford with our hands-on techniques and the things like that reduce that fear and anxiety. And then you can do that functional stuff even better. What, what do you do as a physical therapist when a patient like tells you no, or like they don't want to do it? Well, you just have to talk them through it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think most people, you know, initially scared. may start that way exactly yeah. because they're scared. Right. And so I think it's a conversation and it's a, it's a, process of building trust you know it's not like day one hi my name's matt let's <laughs> let's sit, bend your knee <laughs> let's sit to stand a hundred times you yeah. know no it's more like you know you got to build that trust and and break down those barriers so i think over time patients begin to know that you know it's a process and there's going to be some soreness with it but we're educated on how to control that and we're going to do it in a way that's safe and effective for them sounds good um and where can patients you know find their therapist well i'm glad you brought that up Allie, (laughs) because you have direct access and you can choose your provider so let's say your surgeon did your you know surgery and they did it at a hospital and they say hey you know you get a printout and it has that hospital's name on it well that might be 30 or 40 minutes from home or it might take a while for you to get in there remember you have a choice you have direct access you can come right to oxford without a prescription or referral and you can choose where you do your therapy Mm -hmm. and the cool thing is that every day we're learning about new and exciting ways to make things better and streamline the process and so this is just an example of that what if a patient gets a script for physical therapy but it doesn't say oxford on it but they want to come yeah it's no problem at all it's just like uh taking you know a prescription that would have a different name on it to CVS or Walgreens or Walmart, you know, and you can have that prescription filled anywhere. It doesn't have to have, um, you know, that same company's name on it. I so. didn't think I knew that also applied to meds. Yeah. Cool. I mean, you know, like most prescription pads have your doctor's name yeah. at the top, not the pharmacy. Oh, and the pharmacy's true. filling the prescription. <laughs> so we can certainly fill prescription for PT with any name on it. I guess I'm just walking around unaware. Well, it's, you know, every day, Allie, we just try to get better. something new. You know better, you do better. 
and to our students. So the question, yes, the answer the to the answer. question, no limitation of range of motion, no negative effects on range of motion by working on strength early on. So have at it, work on strength, measure function, enjoy your study summer. hard, <laughs> and do good on your tests. Get out there. All, All right. right Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at OxfordPhysicalTherapy.com. And you can also find us on our social media pages like Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and TikTok. Remember, you do not need a doctor's referral to receive physical therapy in the state of Ohio and Kentucky, where we offer double the care for less than half the cost. You can schedule appointments online or stop into any center for a free screen, what we like to call a bee visit. Please write a review, send us a comment or message on our social media platforms. And until next time, keep it moving.